Good Tuesday evening. Hidden Treasures Revealed is on air. We will be back in just a moment. Have you ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the truth of God by means of open, Socratic conversation. In Proverbs chapter 2, the Word of God says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. Good evening, Phil. How was your Tuesday today? It was a good Tuesday. Another good opportunity to work on the whole aspect of traffic is not a competition perspective. Just uh, something we talked about in the gathering. Just driving is not a competitive sport, even though sometimes it feels like it is. It's all lower conscience stuff, though. So you would fall into the category of Alabama with the song, I'm in a hurry to get things done, rush and rush until life's no fun. All I really got to do is live and die, but I'm in a hurry and I don't know why. No, I know that's for me because that song was given to me to evaluate. Not that you're in a hurry, but that just makes me think of how the we get in a hurry at times and we rush and rush and, and don't slow down, which is a good roll into what we're going to be talking about this evening. So I, I same as you, get in traffic and... You want people to move out of the way, get going. And, and so I know what you're talking about with that. And one of the key factors is just recognizing it first and then working on it to just have more peace when you're, when you're driving and not let, not let that, I uh, driving alter take over and control you rather you control it. Cause there are times where uh, I'll catch myself at, uh, in it and I'll be like why I'm not in a rush to get anywhere why is this happening and of course again it's programming and all in the lower conscience and it takes time I uh, practice to work through and process out that old stuff that is still lingering um, but that was a good day that's good to hear and hope everybody out there as well had a Good functional day. We appreciate you listening in to what Mother is going to be bringing out and Yeshua and Abba as well. And and this is one where actually the lesson in this or what we would call facilitating whatever topic that we're, we're starting on because the truth of God is just so vast and just like a spider web goes in all kinds of directions and turns. And so this is just another one of those that actually was a help for me today because going throughout the day and, and working and didn't have anything specific come to mind. And, and it's not always, for example, it's not that we and me and Phil are just sitting around and all of a sudden we're just attempting to figure out what we're going to talk about because we're led by Yah and Yah will make it clear to us what they want us to talk about. And there's times where they'll, you know, they may not make it clear and we'll just go with something we evaluated and then we just, 
yeah, I know you'll make it clear if you want it changed and we'll just go with whatever you want. Cause you'll take it wherever you want it to go. And this is one of those where in the world, people have different opinions about things and just another truth of God that what came to mind with this was, is that with what Yah does, there's a reason for everything that they do. Yah doesn't just come up with something and say, let's just do this to test it out and just see what happens. Or we, this will just be for whatever it is. There's a reason for what they do. And thinking about this concept of was just sitting around this evening and just the Sabbath just came to mind. And we had talked about this may we've hit on this, I'm sure at some point in the podcast, something we had talked about a while back and some of you listening in, um, possibly, possibly a lot of you may have a background in Christianity, being in Christianity, and some of you may be familiar with this ha- aspect of a pastor going on a sabbatical, meaning that they will go on a a retreat or away for some time because they need to, quote, recharge the batteries, get refreshed, something like that. And a lot of times there can be controversy in it because why does the pastor whomever get to go off on a, quote, sabbatical, and is that fair? And you know, we don't get to do that and stuff like that. And what's the reason for it? And that was actually something we talked about before with that. But the, the aspect of this is, and we've talked about this before with the podcast is the purpose of this podcast is to put the truth of God on the table. Those that want to eat, come and eat, come and drink of the living water. And it's up to each and every person listening in either live now or in the future, that this is being presented on the table for you to eat, for you to take it off the table and decide to do with it, to apply it. So this is just Yah's truth coming out, giving information, giving truth to those that really want to know it, because you could look at the Sabbath as one of those, quote, controversies, just like, can you lose your salvation as a controversy Um, submission quote is a controversy and it's not that it's controversial it's just misunderstood it's mankind taking it and twisting it to what they want it to be instead of letting the truth stand on its own stop suppressing it and embrace the truth because in Romans y'all makes it clear through Paul that the reason people don't listen and get this is because they suppress the truth So you have to make a choice to stop suppressing the truth and start letting it come up so that you can see it, so you can open your eyes to it and apply it and walk in it and learn from it. And this is another one of those where I've heard this growing up in church. Well, as a Christian, do you, do you keep the Sabbath? Do do you rest? Do you just do nothing all day? Do you, you know, when's the Sabbath? Is it Saturday? Is it Sunday? And is it okay to eat meat or is it, and people say, oh, well, no, that, that's for the Old Testament. That, that's the Jews that we don't do that. And yeah, but can I eat bacon? And it just you get into all these different things about the law, like the word of God talks about don't get involved in endless genealogies and things about the law and all these things. You know, get into really the meat of what this is, which is faith working through love. I mean, that's the main thing in this is, yes, for a time, because you must walk through the old covenant, the first covenant in order to transfer into the new, which is the eternal covenant. It's just a continuation of the first one. It's just taking it to the eternal spiritual side. So you must learn from the first covenant 
in order to progress, to transfer, to, in a way you could look at it as graduating to the, the other side, the eternal side. So with this, with the Sabbath, that because people will look at this as a controversy, well, what do you do on the Sabbath? Do you work? Do you not work? Do you? And we have the Word of God, and which referred to as the Torah, or the Law of Moses, where Yah brought to the Israelites, that telling them that you are to work six days, and on the seventh day you are to rest, of your regular work, and this is to be a set-apart day holy to the Lord, and it's mentioned as remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Make sure this is a set-apart day for Yah because Yah and their creation, that they created the world in six days, and on the seventh day they rested from their work. So Yah bringing this about to give the people a physical representation, bringing the godly to the earth, giving you a representation of, okay, in the physical, that we want you to take a day, one day, the first day of the week, which in the world people put it to Sunday, which Sunday is the first day of the week. The Sabbath is uh, would really be on a Saturday that you're going to take this day and you're not going to do your regular work. So, for example, Phil, the job that you do, the job that I do, going by this, that there's one day a week where you don't do that work that you rest, you rest your body, you rest your animals, you you just take a day and just get away from that regular work because this is a help for you. And not only that, it's obedience to God because Yah says it, and the heart should be that you want to do it because Yah says it and it's beneficial, so I'm going to do it. And it was for the Israelites. Now the people, if I remember right, the people, the alien that were with them would still have to follow in line with that as well. wasn't that well, if you're the alien, you can do whatever you want. No, because if if you, what it would be would be a law unto themselves that they would be following the word of God that, no, I'm going to rest with them and it's for the alien as well. So with that, what Yah is doing is where we have a representation of, I'm going to bring the heavenly code to earth to give you a physical representation of the spiritual side of this. And because if I give you physical things, as Messiah said, and you don't understand, how can you understand the spiritual, the greater? So with what Yah is doing in the first covenant that you must walk through, he's giving a physical example for you to understand ultimately the physical part that you're going to, we want you to take a day and we want you to be set apart. The whole key in what Yah is doing and teaching the Israelites their ways was these are the ways of God, these are our ways. They are set apart ways. They are holy. And our ways are holy, which means we are set apart. We are different than everybody else. There, there's a code that we have. There's law that we have. And for you to show this to everybody else, for you to teach them about us, we're going to teach you our ways. And these are ways to be set apart. The ultimate goal was to set them apart from everybody else so that they could see how great Yah is because they're people keeping these wonderful, beautiful laws that are right, fair, and just, that this will help others and you can go and present this good news to them. Now, we switch from the physical side, the first covenant, and not that we we don't do away with it, it's a transference of that to the spiritual. We have Yeshua, the Son of God, 
coming on the scene and he getting called out by the Pharisees, the Sadducees for quote, working on the Sabbath. Well, you're not supposed to do these. You're not supposed to pluck the heads of grain on the Sabbath because the law of Moses says that you're not supposed to do any regular work. Well, how can you claim to be from God when you're going against Moses? And he very plainly tells them the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. I know what the Sabbath is about, that the Sabbath day is a day of rest. Rest, meaning that you rest from your work. Ultimately, what Yah is teaching is the Sabbath doesn't mean that you don't do anything. It just means that you rest from your regular work, meaning that up until circumcision of the heart, you are still having labor to where, and we talked about this on one of the podcasts, that you walk in repentance, obedience, and trust, that you walk, that you have righteousness on loan from God, that you're still making payments on the interest. So you're still working, you're still fighting sin in your heart, even though in your mind you're steadfast that I'm not going to sin, I'm not going to disobey, and you still do because sin is in your heart, you're still working. You're not able to rest because you still have sin in your heart. So with Messiah coming and doing his work, when he was on the cross, he making a statement that says, it is finished. Well, meaning that I gave my life, my blood has been shed, my work is finished. Now in me, you do the same thing. You can rest because the word very clearly says that you have not come to the point of shedding your own blood and your fight against sin. Well, you fight against sin until the point where you crucify yourself with Messiah. The written code is nailed to your cross. Sin is powerless at that point. The, the power of sin is taken away because the written code is nailed to the cross. You are raised a new life by circumcision of the heart. Now you enter the Sabbath day. You enter into the rest of God, which is being in Messiah. Because Messiah, Yeshua said that I am the Lord even of the Sabbath. I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I am the Sabbath day. The, this all is pointing to me because I am the rest of God. I am, when you enter into me, you cease from sin. Therefore, you rest, but there are, you still labor in that. It'd be just like you build a house. Phil, you built your house. Well, you labor in it until the house is finished. And once the house is finished, you finish your work of building the house, but now you live in the house and you still have things that you do, but your work of building the house itself, the foundation, everything is set and done. Your work is finished. Now you just maintain. Now you just walk within the house that you've built. You don't get up and say, all right, well, I'm building my house. Well, no, your house is already finished. And it's the same thing with God that with circumcision of the heart, it's not that we stop laboring because in Messiah, we can now do the works that have been set aside from the foundation of the earth that is talked about that in Messiah, we're called to do good works. But the work of the, the sin, the part where Messiah came to do away with sin once by his sacrifice in him, you crucify yourself like him. You're done with sin. Mother comes into your heart takes the sin out of your heart to the body of flesh, you now rest, but you still do things. We still labor in faith, but the key is, is that it's a rest in the mind because this is all about a rest in the mindset that 
rest doesn't mean we're just laying around doing nothing because then we would be idle. We'd be lazy. It's about a steadfastness of mind and it's about a peace in mind because sin has been put to death. Now the things that we struggle with are dealing with our lower conscience, our altars that you had mentioned, but the part. So if somebody says that, well, I accepted Messiah as Lord and savior, I'm at rest. No, because until you do the work of Messiah, until you walk as he did, until you do the work that he did, then you can't rest because you still have sin in your heart and you're still going to attempt to be justifying yourself to God. Cause even in the end, there's people before the great white throne that that last ditch effort, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this in your name? Didn't I prophesy? And what do you mean? Did you, you, you didn't know what you were doing. Were you working? Were you trying to justify yourself by doing these things? Were you still working? No, you didn't come to the place to have faith in me where I gave you rest, which is giving you rest from sin. That sin is put to death. It's put into your, your lower, your, excuse me, you move to your body of flesh. So this is a, an aspect of Yah teaching the people. And it's not just the Sabbath, it's different things as well, but it goes on the journey that you cannot rest from sin until you walk the old covenant. You have to walk through that. You've got to walk that journey of repentance, obedience, and ultimately circumcision of the heart to trust to then enter the rest of God. Because in Hebrews, a, a book that many people ignore and think that you know the Hebrews is for the Jews, it's not for Christians. Well, in the book of Hebrews, it says there is a rest for the people of God and to be careful that you do not fall short of the rest. The rest of the people of God is not a day that we just say, Oh, I accepted Jesus as Lord and savior. And I just rest and there's nothing I have to do. I just lay around. I don't know. It means you rest from sin. You stop sinning. Your that sin nature is taken out of your heart. And now you can do the work of God that Yah, that Yah is pleased with, that you no longer fight against sin. You're just now fighting against your lower conscience and all the programming that's been in there and all that weight of sin that you've been carrying, that the written code kept going is you've put that to death. So now you put yourself to death, death to self, you now rest, but there's still things that we must do. And we know that because the things that Yah is teaching us about the lower conscience, the psychology of the mind, all these other things. But if the sin piece is ignored and not addressed, then you assume that you are in the rest of God, but you are not until you have circumcision of the heart. You are not in the rest of God. Now you're on a journey to get to that rest, which is ultimately the ultimate rest is the promised land for the people of God, which is the kingdom of heaven. But you must journey just like Abraham, just like Noah, Moses, Joshua, the prophets, Paul, all the believers in God, you must go through the journey of the first covenant in order to cross the Jordan into the promised land. But then once you have the circumcision of the heart, you walk in that Sabbath rest because all of the feasts, all the things that Yah had promised in the first covenant, Messiah is the fulfillment of all that. So in Messiah, we fulfill the Passover, the day of atonement, year of Jubilee, Feast of Tabernacles, first fruits, all of those are in Messiah. All of that, the fulfillment is in the spiritual realm, but it's all a journey. It's a tutor to lead us to Messiah. It's a way to, we're going to teach you in a way that you can understand so that you can understand 
the earthly rest and you can understand not stealing and not coveting so that you can transfer it to stop stealing time from God, stop coveting things that somebody else in faith has. Don't do that. You walk on your journey in these different areas. So Phil, that's where we're starting tonight. Uh, Any thoughts you may have? Those are the thoughts that just came to me uh, in regards to just discussing the Sabbath. I want to go back to what you talked about, about in the, at the beginning, when you talked about people interpreting what they think the word says, this important aspect, we want to make it clear to people, if you're seeking God with all of your heart, you don't want to settle in interpretation. You, you want revelation from God and God will give you, if you're seeking God with all of your heart, God will give you revelation because it's uh, uh, up to them to reveal to you. Okay. Now you're at repentance or, or you're at the uh, godly sorrow and now you're at the repentance and now we're moving you to the obedience. So you need that revelation from God. And here's the problem with interpretation. Okay. It's, it's both a problem but it's also a tool that you can use uh, in your journey to discover whether it is interpretation or revelation. Okay. Interpretation will always favor man, mankind. It will interpretation will always favor mankind. Why is that? Because the people interpreting it, are selfish and because they're selfish they're going to twist it to make it fit them so that they can feel good and they don't do it intentionally they don't realize that they're doing that most people in the world don't understand that they're operating on a selfish level the only way you can get away from that is circumcision of the heart because every and even with circumcision of the heart we still have that process of continually practicing being selfless and removing the selfishness. And so when man interprets what the Bible says, because you have people who are interpreting it based in what they think, and they feel like they've had this, uh, accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, and they're in this great spot of being able to teach. And the reality is, no, if you're honest and you really evaluate, your interpretation puts it back to make you feel good. What's the whole concept of, well, accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, and, you know, you still sin, but we all sin, and it's going to be okay. No, that's a selfish aspect, because does that favor God? And that's the thing. If it's interpretation, it will never favor God. It will always favor man. Revelation and revelation is what we get directly from God, from uh, Mother the Spirit when she's in your heart, or from Mother when you're on the journey and she's not in you yet, but she comes upon you. Revelation will always favor God. Now, in Revelation, sometimes that will favor man as well, but there must be the favoring of God. So you can look at somebody interprets something and well, that makes you feel good because 
you're trying to write it off so you don't have to answer for the sin that you have. And therefore, you're interpreting it because it's a selfish perspective rather than, no, the reality of truth says the word of God that you profess that's the infallible says in him there is no sin. Anyone who continues to sin has not uh, known or seen him. And so when we look at these things, it's just really important for people to know, stop listening to interpretation, but use when somebody says they're interpreting, use it as a tool to look at it. And does this, does this favor man and God? Because there are times when uh, revelation favors both man and God, but it will only favor man if they're on the journey seeking with all of their heart in order to find that uh, the truth of God, it will favor both man and God. But if you can look at what somebody says and see that, wait a minute, that's not what the Bible says. That That's not the, the uh, persona of the Father. And so why? Because the persona of the Father is, if they punished the angels and then if for disobedience and then they punished the uh, Israelites, their own people for disobedience, then you're saying that, well, we're not going to be punished for our disobedience of sin uh, because we accepted him as Lord and Savior. And it's like, no, you don't get it because it's all back to selfishness. And that's a big thing when we talk about anything. When you're looking into Scripture, the, why do people pick uh, a Scripture here, a Scripture there? Well, this is my favorite Scripture. Is Has anybody ever brought up the aspect that my favorite scripture is the one that, that God says I'm going to be condemned to hell. I just, man, I just love that scripture. No, because it's the reality of man interpreting because of selfishness, and it will show. If you're seeking with all of your heart and you're weighing things against the word of God and the truth of God, you'll be plainly be able to see, well, I can see where that favors man, but I can see where it doesn't favor God. Too many people see, oh, that favors me. So yeah, that's from God without giving God consideration of, hey, does this favor you? You know, we could look at a husband, love your wife like Christ loved the church. Oh, that's... That was back then, and, you know, how did we do that anyway? We don't know. And if you have revelation from Yah, if you're going to love your wife like Christ loved the church, willing to give yourself up for her, then your mindset, your concept, your understanding is that your priority is her, to, to make sure that you always come second to her. That's the reality of it. Interpretation says, I get to feel the way I want to feel, and God's going to be okay with it. And honestly, if you sit there and you honestly evaluate, does it favor God? You will see clearly in the way people teach things. They'll speak scripture, but then when they teach on it, they're teaching 
only what comes from their subconscious, which is selfishness that they don't see, they don't recognize that they're doing it, but that's what it is. And it doesn't give any favor to God. So just wanted to bring that aspect up that the aspect of revelation from God will always, always favor God. If it puts God in a bad light, then it's not from God because they're perfect. They're never in a bad light. They are the light. They can't be in a bad light because they are the light. And so interpretation will always favor man. So if you look at something, so if you look at something, we're having a, technical difficulty here just for a minute. One of the connections for the mics were uh, acting up. So they get moved around a little bit. So anyway, just keep in mind that interpretation will always favor man. Revelation will favor always favor God, but it will also favor man as well. And that's how you can tell the difference between the two. And when we talk about the Sabbath rest and we talk about rest, this is not just for your godly perspective. This is for your life, for you to be uh, optimally healthy and uh, alert and being able to function from a good functional perspective, that's what rest is for as well. God wasn't just doing it as a law to stop you from working on Sunday, but rather, or Sunday, Saturday, whatever day that they've put it to. But they were also putting into place the fact that your body needs rest. And if you are working seven days a week, even though you sleep at night, you get worn down. Look, look at people who, who work like that. They're workaholics. They work, they work uh, too many different uh, hours and, and jobs, and they don't take that day of rest. And what happens? You see them. They, they start to get burnt out because they're not resting. And so it's really important that rest from a physical perspective taking a day and just relaxing. Oh, it doesn't mean that you, you know, you can't get up and move around and, but in general, the objective is six days labor and labor hard, but take a day to let your body recuperate. If you work out in a gym, you don't work your legs every day of the week and then your arms. You don't work all your body every day of the week. You you alternate. If you are working your legs, the next day you'll skip a day and you'll work something else and then you'll come back 
to the aspect of working um, working your legs again, it'll it'll come back. And so we'll fix that and we'll take care of it. But well, we're we're called to we're being at rest in our mind that it'll be okay. This is just a good lesson. But yeah, Phil, while you're looking at that, I had a something that came to mind in regards to the Word of God with the talking about with the revelation and interpretation, the revelation favors Yah and the interpretation favors man. And it's a beautiful picture and exactly what happened with Messiah and the disciples that he was what favored God was, you're my disciples. I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I'm giving you an example of resting in your mind and being at peace in your mind. Isn't about that. You don't labor, you don't do things. It's not about, you just sitting there and laying docile and don't move because you can't move. You can't, you know, you have to rest. You can't get up. As he said that the Sabbath was made for man. So Yah did this because in their, them being selfless, that we know that man needs the rest. So we're going to give an opportunity for that. But ultimately we want you to be at peace in your mind and have that chaos put to death so that you can walk around and labor and do things and do good as you rest in your mind. And that's the ultimate thing. What better health could you have than your mind is at ease because you don't fear death anymore. You're going through the process of putting things to death in your mind. You're walking in that peace, which is found in Messiah. And now you do that. And now you're walking, you're also resting your body and your mind. And that's the optimum thing that do we think that Yah is walking around all stressed and that they're, oh, woe is me, and I don't understand why these people aren't obeying me. And no, they're they're at a state of rest, of being enlightened and full of light and joy. And they still deal with things matter of fact, but it just is making me think of, if you speak on this as it does benefit God, that Messiah, was, he's the son of God, he was doing what was beneficial to them. Now, what did the Pharisees and those teachers of the law that were going against him well, no, it's not about that. It's about the law of Moses because it favors us because we've had these laws that we've added to and making people do things. And now you're changing everything and you're messing it up for us. And all oh, once again, because it favors you and doesn't favor God. And, and even Messiah told them that you, you weigh people down with all these things, but you yourself don't lift a finger to help them do anything. So how are you allowing the people to rest if you're not even giving them a way to be able to rest, to, to come to me because you're just weighing them down with all these things that you have to do. And, and don't tell me what I'm doing wrong. You just do what I tell you to do. And he even told them that, Hey, whatever they tell you to do because it's of God is do what they tell you to do, but don't do what they do. Don't be a hypocrite. You know, come to me if you want rest, I'll show you the, what true rest is. And it's not doing things out of obligation. It's doing things because you really want to, it's doing it because you have a heart of obedience. So, I just wanted to, as you were speaking, because we had the the microphone issue that looks like it's corrected, and it just came to mind of the that Yah did this as a benefit to see the greater the greater rest is that peace, which is of God, to where you walk in peace more and more. That's the greater rest than just your body. It's a combination. Yeah. <clears throat> Hold on, just. 
I'm going to pause for just a second. I'm going to switch microphones for you. Okay, how's that? It's good. It's just the, uh, I think there's something up with the cord um, on the other fixed. one. So. All good. It'll be all right. That's the things we have with live shows that stuff like that's going to happen and you just have to deal with it. You know, we've had times where it hasn't sounded good uh, because of one thing or another. And so we don't worry about it. We just, just take it easy and we can rest in the midst of it. We don't have to be frantic. Oh my gosh, this is just going to be horrible. And no, I would imagine that people understand. And if people who are seeking with all of their heart, you're going to have hiccups even in your faith journey. You're not going to do everything exactly perfect because our objective goal is to be perfecting as we go along. So what I was getting at with the rest perspective that I was bringing out was the fact that you have the rest of the body, which is necessary. And God knows that you need to rest and we should. How many times do we actually take a day and don't do work at home. Oh, we think that, well, we do all this work at, at work, and then Saturday and Sunday we got to do stuff around the house, and we've got to, which is fine if you want to do stuff, but if you don't let your body rest, then that's going to affect you on the other two areas that I'm going to talk about that you need to have rest in. And it's really important that people understand that the rest is for you. The rest is so that you can uh, recuperate, rejuvenate, and you can feel good as you go into your next week of work. And again, the taking that, that time to not do any regular work, like was said in the word, you're walking in obedience to what God says. That's the key factor in the whole thing is that it's obedience to God. So we have this aspect of rest that it says, don't, don't do any regular work. Well, you also need to figure out how to rest emotionally. You had spoken about the third one, which is the transformation to the rest spiritually. But just because of circumcision of the heart and we rest spiritually, we rest from our work, we rest from the labor of being under the law that we can't, uh, we have to labor hard because when you're not capable of not sinning before you have circumcision of the heart, but then you have the uh, circumcision of the heart. So now you have that spiritual rest, which gives you that peace of mind that, uh, hope secure, locked in of salvation because you know you don't sin, and therefore that relieves you of the weight of the written code so that we can carry out the spiritual aspect of the law, and we can do it without having that burden of having to work it out to do it perfectly. We want to work in an understanding of perfecting to where we continually increase and improve 
in the things that we're doing, but we're not going to be perfect. We still have the body of flesh, which has the thorn in the flesh. When you have circumcision of the heart, you no longer sin, but you still have the thorn in the flesh to remind you that it's by grace you're saved. And so really important that people figure out how to rest emotionally. Well, I can tell you one of the best ways to rest emotionally is get rid of selfishness because generally what drives your emotions is built around selfishness and you can get a rest when you learn how to be content with godliness in all things because contentment is is good but contentment with godliness is great gain that contentment with godliness will allow you to rest emotionally you won't have emotional swings of extremes and everybody uh, everybody who walks in this world has that they don't see it the objective goal in faith is that you start recognizing it and then you start changing it so that you don't do it because in essence that's nothing more than being bipolar where you've had it happen where one moment you're you're just fine and everything's good and then the next moment because somebody did something or said something that you're in a fit of rage and we're not in faith we're not permitted to have fits of rage and we're not permitted to act like a two-year-old throwing a temper tantrum and but the only way you can get that that rest for your emotions is for you to find that place of making a choice that you're going to be content with whatever your lot and your portion is that whatever comes your way peter locked in jail paul locked in jail in jail rejoicing peter and some of the other disciples getting beaten for preaching the truth and they rejoiced that they were uh, considered worthy of getting a beating because of messiah because of the name of messiah and what they were preaching and teaching and so it's important that it's not just a physical rest and, and even with you you have faith god still wants you to take a day and rest now, does it have to be a Sunday or a Saturday? Well, talk that over with God. But here's the problem that a lot of people have. If they talk it over with God and God says, we don't want you to work on Sunday or we don't want you to work on Saturday. Well, what about my job? I've got, my job says I have to work on the weekend. Well, that's up to you to make a choice. Are you going to favor yourself? Or are you going to favor God? If you favor God, maybe they'll favor you back and your employer won't hold that against you. Because if God wants somebody to favor you, even if they don't want to favor you, they have to. They're going to. They don't even know it. They don't recognize it. But they're going to favor you because God's in control of that perspective. And so need to find 
need to have time. We need to take time. You know, weeks fair to time. We, we got to get out of this mindset that if I'm sitting down doing nothing, it's because I'm lazy. Now, you can be lazy, okay? If you're using that as an excuse to not do something, you're being lazy. But if you're using it as an opportunity to say, you know what? God said I should take a uh, rest of my physical body, and so I'm going to take a day where I'm not doing the physical labor like I would at work. And for some, it may not be physical labor because not everybody does physical labor like I do in my job. You have a lot of people like your job. Yours is more mental labor than it is physical. But are you able or have you found the ability to rest from that mental labor so that you can be fresh when you get back to it? That That's why people get burnt out is because oh, I got to do this and I got to do this and I got to do, do this. And then you get home and you're thinking as you're going to bed, you're thinking about what you, what's going on tomorrow and what, what's got to take place and what might happen. And what if this, and what if that, and, and I don't, oh my gosh, I don't know. And well, if this happens, then I'll do this. And if this, and that's not rest. So you have to figure out how to take that day of rest for your physical and your mental well-being but then you have to take and figure out how to rest from your emotions. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have emotions that are appropriate and that can be displayed at appropriate times. But what it means is, is that you're going to be in control of those emotions so that, you know what? I'm content with whatever happens to me. And so if somebody hates me or somebody says something mean to me or even comes up and strikes me, I'm not going to have a burst of emotion and uh, have a flood of emotion, either laughter or hatred or fits of rage or anger, frustration. Why? Because I'm content. Uh, I'm, why not rather be wronged? You know, let God, let God be the one you trust in these situations so that you can rest emotionally. And then when you're able to do that, you will be able to control your emotions so that when they are displayed, it will truly be a right time to display it. You know, somebody dies. Okay. You display sadness, but something happens in you didn't like it, and now you're sad because of this, that, or the other. And it's like, no, that's that's just you didn't get what you want, so you're taking your ball and bat and going home. And it's like, no. We want to learn to rest completely so we have a physical rest, a mental rest, a, a emotional rest, and a spiritual rest because we need to have those rests just for the body. But on top of that, we want to figure out, like with the spiritual, like you had talked about, that in Messiah, the day you have circumcision of the heart is the day you enter into his rest. That's what the old covenant rest 
was pointing towards was the day you enter into Messiah, you enter that rest and you never leave that rest unless you choose to blaspheme and go away from it. But the intention is you never leave that rest. And that means that you rest from sin because sin has no more grip on you. And you know that, and that's why you have a clear conscience. But someone who would claim that they sin, but they still have faith, they have a guilty conscience, not a clean conscience. And that's the difference is that you and conscience, remember, is with knowledge. So if you sin, you have a guilty conscience because you know you sin. And therefore, with you have guilt with knowledge in your mind that you are guilty of sinning. Where when you're on the other side, when you have a clear conscience, then with knowledge, you know that you have a clear conscience, that you have not sinned, and therefore, that is the rest that Messiah speaks about, and the rest that God said that these people who disobeyed will never enter my rest. Never means never. It means, it doesn't mean never in this life. It means never eternally, because there, uh, some religions have the idea of uh, reincarnation where you come back again or purgatory where you just go to this place and then eventually you'll end up in the kingdom. And no, this is where when people say that, they're interpreting. But when people speak the truth, then God said, these people who disobeyed will never enter my rest. There is no purgatory. There is no place that the disobedient get to go until they're what? Obedient? No. No, you, you have to make that choice here and now so that you can have that rest. And that's what that, that seal, that secured hope that we have in the salvation that we're going to have when we are completely saved and we walk into the kingdom we will have we have that hope as an anchor and an anchor is secure sure not moving and this is the importance uh, aspect that i i just i uh, wanted to bring out the fact that you need to rest you need to figure out how to rest from all these areas so that when somebody's trying to get under your skin or they're trying to provoke you you don't get angry. Why? Because I'm resting from that emotional aspect. I don't need to do that because God will take care of it. It's in their hands. They, they know what they're doing. So we really, everybody, anybody who's seeking God with all of their heart, one is you need to know that until you have circumcision of the heart, you have not died to yourself, which means you're not humble and you do not have I mean, you have selfishness, and everything you do will be will go back to that selfishness. After circumcision of the heart, then you are no longer selfish, but now you have to go into your subconscious of the things that you've trained yourself on that selfishness that you have to dig up, dig out, and throw them in the trash and get rid of them. And there's a lot of that because, like for me, 50-some years of selfishness, 
that was built up in my lower conscience and my subconscious that it's, it's a process, but it continually improves and get better. And therefore I'm in the process of perfecting so that I improve and increase and get better along the way. Just thinking about this, think about the times where you go on vacation. Vacation, there's nothing wrong with vacation. You just think of the word, you're going from one location to another, you vacate to another area. How many times, and I just know for me, you go on vacation to find rest, but when you go on vacation, all your mental issues that are causing you to be at unrest go with you. So all you do is escape from the medium that you were in, your work or, or around people, or whatever, and you get away. And why do you have the, oh my gosh, the, go, the vacation went by so fast. I just want another week, just one more day, just another two more days so I can get rest. And just think about this from a faith in Yah perspective. We should, doing as Yah is teaching, that have that physical, emotional, and spiritual rest where you can go from your job and let's say you go to the beach for a week and you go on vacation, you go on a cruise, you go on a trip, but you're still resting and you're just resting from your job and then you go back refreshed. And it just made me think of it's transferring to different places, but having that temperate mindset that, and you had mentioned this, we talked about this at the beginning, we haven't gotten into it a lot, the psychology of the mind in regards to altars, that an altar is something you shift in and out of. You, you get upset and you go into an altar of protecting yourself or an altar of anger, justice, different things. And Yah is calling us to self-control. Self-control in the aspect that you know more and more why you're doing what you're doing. And the more you control your mind, you control your thoughts, then you can have that's a way to rest is you put more and more chaos to death. So you're resting and having control of your mind more and more. And what great peace to have control of your mind and be able to make decisions and not go from one altar to another and disassociating and all these different things, but you're associating that you're going to have times when you're going to mourn. You're going to have times when you're going to be happy times when you're sad and it's just a, a balance. And y'all wants us to live in a, a balance, to live in self-control where you can be at rest. You can be content no matter what the situation and what great health to have spiritual health. When you have the mental, the spiritual rest, which will then translate to your body because the body will follow the mind, which you what you think in your mind, your body will follow. If your mind is racing, if you're anxious, if you're, depressed, if you're sad, then your body's going to follow your, your body carriage is going to go down. You're going to have health problems. And just thinking about this, the alcoholism, pornography, phone addiction, we just talked about all these different things because you're not resting. You're looking for a medication to numb the pain because you're in pain because there's issues you're having mental struggles, you're not resting, you're anxious, you're depressed, you're pushing, you're getting pushed down, you're not pushing back, and you want, I just want this pain to go away, I just want to rest. I could just see 
I just want to go away on vacation just to rest from all this stuff I don't want to do. And I'm just, I want to rest. And that's why Yah is teaching us this is the way to rest and be content is do the things you want to do. And you'll have that peace in your mind and in your spirit. And that's the best way to live life is yes, you're going to have struggles. You're going to have sufferings, but your attitude in it, your mindset can help you so much more. And instead of having to go away somewhere to recharge your mind and stuff, how about you you're in the situations you're in and you deal with your own mind to where no matter if you're sitting at work at home, if you're sitting at work out in public that you can rest in all these aspects and not have to go away somewhere to find rest. We'll find the rest and faith in God and let God teach you how to find the true rest. Think about Yah at the day of judgment when they're there at the great white throne judgment, looking at it from they're at rest in their mind because they know they're doing what is right. Well, people around them screaming, wailing, being thrown into the lake of fire, And do they let that affect them to where, oh my gosh, this is just such a horrible day and I'm just so emotional. And, or is it they've already prepared their mind ahead of time that we know this day is coming and we know why the people are crying out like that because it's a last ditch effort, but they chose this and it's their decision. And I'm not going to let that affect me because I'm doing what is right and it's not going to affect me. So therefore you go here, you go here. And it's that mental strength. It's that forehead, like the Flint that having that hard steadfastness for God, it's that having that mindset that I'm going to figure out how to rest in faith in God. And that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to walk in this contentment with godliness because that's the best thing for me. And that's what I desire to do. And that's what I'm going after. And then you go through the process of things are going to come up to show you where you're not being content. All right, well, I'm changing this because I'm going to have peace in this. I'm not going to think about the what ifs. I'm not going to be anxious and worry. I'm not going to fear things anymore. No more of that. So we're able to be given the ability to control ourselves. And that's ultimately what y'all wants. They teach us their truth we through our application of it. And then they want us to then own it and make it our own to where, yes, we go to them, as we talked recently, that, yes, you have freedom from sin, now you have dependency still on Yah, but you make decisions, you're an adult in maturity, that you need some help from your parents, sure, I'll go back and ask them questions or need help, but they've trained me this way, and now I'm going to live the godly life that they've trained me in, and I'm going to make decisions. You control yourself. You apply the lessons to change your your mind instead of having to come, yeah, you've come to us, but it's time for you to start doing the work that we you've We've taught you and you know the aspects, so you go ahead and do it now. Move on to the mature things. And this is just another one of those is to open people's minds to the Sabbath that, yes, you can put it to the physical, but it's just so much more. There's aspects of psychology in the mind. All these things that we've talked about goes into this to where you can live your best life without sin here and then just transfer that when you die to the kingdom in eternity. Well, and it's all about mastery. And it's interesting because in circumcision of the heart, you achieve what God told Cain in Genesis. God told Cain, sin is crouching at your door. 
it desires to have you. You must master it. Because anybody born into this world is a slave to sin. Sin is your master. Sin is built around selfishness about what you want. And that's why the selfishness you can't get away from because all sin is disobedience, but all sin is also selfishness because it's all about what you want and what you think is best. And you must make a transformation to be the master over sin. And the uh, it wasn't possible for Cain to, the only way what Cain could do would be to set his mind that he was going to try to figure out how to master it, just like uh, Abraham, Moses, Joshua, just going down the line of all the prophets, that they didn't have the ability to master sin. They only had the ability in their mind to set their mind that they're going to do whatever it takes to try to master it. But without circumcision of the heart, without the removal of the sinful nature, you are mastered by sin. That was why God knows that you're mastered by sin. And when you're seeking them with all of your heart, you get to repentance. Then you repent to God. You have full agreement with them. Then they put into place the forgiveness of sins. Why the forgiveness of sins? Because you don't have the capability at that point in time in order you don't you can't do it you have set your mind against it just like the prophets and everybody before who's going to be in the kingdom you set your mind that no i'm not doing these things i don't agree with them and every time they come up you have the same mindset and the same concept but god knew that even with you in repentance towards them with the desire to walk in their ways and follow their commands, that it was an impossibility for you to do it because you were going to be mastered by it. And because they knew you were going to be mastered by it, they gave uh, a, a mental rest of, well, if you offer these sacrifices, then we'll give you the forgiveness for these sins because you've repented to us. You offer the sacrifice, and you get forgiveness. That means we're we're not going to hold this against you right now. But you have to get to a point where you master it, and that's why none of those who passed before could have gone into the kingdom of heaven, even though they were godly and they were uh, had the spirit of Messiah in them. That they couldn't go into the kingdom because they had not had the circumcision of the heart, which gives them that freedom from sin. And with the circumcision of the heart, then that's removed because of their, because they circumcised their hearts in their mind that they weren't going to do it. These are just important things for people to recognize, to be able to see the truth of God and to be able to have rest. And your rest is because like when the sun sets you free, you are free indeed, okay? Well, the sun 
sets you free through circumcision of the heart, you're freed from the sinful nature. Therefore, the, the sinful nature no longer is your master, and because you've been freed from it, now the sinful nature is the slave, and you are the master over the sinful nature. And that's why you continually work in an increasing and improving, perfecting perspective in order that you can prove to God that I believe everything that you say, and that's why I'm going to walk in your commands and walk in your ways and do everything that you require for me to do. That's, that's what my goal is. That's what my mind is. And that's what I'm going to do. And so we have to have rest with God. We have to have rest from being under the law in order that we can master sin. As long as we're under the law and we haven't died to self, then we are still a slave to sin. You must master it. It desires to have you. It's crouching at your door. It already has you. But Cain showed by killing his brother after this conversation with Yah that he didn't want anything to do with it. He didn't want to set his mind that he was going to master sin. So we, we in this day, with circumcision of the heart, we have a beautiful aspect that we're able to do what God told Cain. And we master sin, and we don't let sin master us. And that's how we can get away uh, away from and profess that we don't sin because we don't sin. We don't do anything that is disobedient to God. And if you, with conscience in your mind of guilt, that means you know that you've done something wrong before God, and that's a sign for you. Don't let it, uh, don't let people tell you something to set it aside and to make it out to be something that it's not. The reality is, is that you must master sin. You must. And when you master sin, now you're at rest. The, the, uh, sinful nature is not resting now. It was resting while you were just allowing it to do everything that, that it uh, prompted you or convinced you to do. And now the sinful nature has to work. Why? Because it's trying to work to, well, we want to be back in there. No, you, you don't get to go back in there. Only by my choice, if I decide I want to uh, uncircumcise my heart, then that sinful nature will come back, but it'll come back worse than it was before because now there's no intention, no desire, no, no drive, no possibility of me to have anything but eternal flames. So make sure that you seek God with all of your heart and you find this place of rest that we're talking about. And the, the, the more that you travel on the journey of improving, the more peace you will have in your mind, the more calmness you will have 
which is the peace, be still, that <clears throat> even when there's a storm brewing around you, you have this calm, gentle peace about you. Look at Stephen when right before he was being stoned, calm, cool, collected, just professing the truth to the uh, the Jews that you killed the son of God. And they got mad because he was right. And then they stoned him. But even while he was being stoned, he kept that cool, calm. Father, forgive them. They, they, they don't know what they're doing. Stephen's a great example, but Stephen, like us, had to grow in the faith and the trust of God in order to be where he was. He, he had to circumcise his heart, and then he had to find rest from sin. And because he found rest from sin, he was content with trusting God that God will take care of this. If I live, I live. If I die, I die. Uh, Paul was a good example when uh, he was preaching the one time and the people stoned him. And the the Bible says it stoned him. They stoned him and uh, they took him out of the city as though he was dead. Well, he was dead, but then the disciples or the, the believers not the disciples, the believers gathered around him and prayed over him. And he came back to life. And not only did he come back to life, but he had such a rest that he got up and walked right back into the city at which they just stoned him to death. Imagine what the looks on their face were then. We just killed this man, drug him out of the city. And He's walking back in here preaching the same thing he did that we told him not to or that, that caused us to do this. What are you going to do now? You've already killed him. Are you going to kill him again? It, that's the, the reality is that Paul had a rest. And that rest comes from trusting God, contentment, having that peace that surpasses all understanding, that you rest. And this is important for anybody and everybody who's going to seek God with all of your heart. Stop trusting in yourself for preservation. Leave it in God's hands. If somebody comes against you and does you wrong and you did nothing wrong, bear up under it. If somebody punishes you and you didn't do anything wrong, bear up under it. That means I'm not going to worry about it. It's in God's hands. Do the things that God asks of you you will be obedient to God. And when you're obedient to God, you will not sin. It's an impossibility for you to sin then if you never disobey God. That's a fact. And this is things that people need to know, especially those that are seeking with all of their heart that really want to know the truth. This is the truth of it. And when we talk about you have to visit Abba as a terrorist, well, you have to have that repentance to Abba to make that transformation that you rest from the terror of Abba. And if you haven't been terrorized by Abba, then you don't have faith. 
That, that's just a fact. You don't have faith and you don't have rest. And you can tell yourself, and people do it all the time, uh, always blessed, always blessed, praise God. And, you know, I pray God's going to do all this uh, spectacular stuff for the people who, who read this prayer or hear this prayer or whatever it is. And it's like, no, no, that's not the way it works. That you surrender your life for God. They got your back. You don't have to worry about it. If they kill you, so what? We, in faith, it's an absolute must that we have to stop looking at things from a temporal perspective. Our peace comes from looking at it from an eternal perspective. Where I'm going to be outweighs anything that I can experience here. So let me take it with grace and mercy and let me surrender myself to God and God alone. And I will have the peace that surpasses all understanding. I will be, have the freedom that when you are free, you are free indeed. It's just a huge perspective and people need to know it because if you ignore these things, then you're just suppressing it. And if you suppress the truth of God, God says, okay, I'm going to turn you over to a depraved mind and you'll do things that ought not be done. And even in the Bible, it says that in later times, they're going to say what is good is bad and what is bad is good. We we're seeing that in this day and age. We're seeing where people go in and like they can go into a uh, convenience store and steal something. And the policy of the store is don't say anything, let them get away with it. So you're allowing them to get away with something that is not right, fair, and just for whatever reason you decide that you think it's the right thing. So uh, just uh, some other stuff that was coming to me as we were talking about it. Well, I want to circle it back around to the story with Cain and, and Yah, because I, I had this come to mind that's just a just more understanding on how you must go through that first covenant to get to the renewed covenant. And what came to mind was is that what Yah does through the first covenant is they give you understanding so that you come to repentance to God. See, Yah is a terror, carries you to the new covenant about obedience and trust. And then what happens is because of that, now the veil, which is, it says is over the first covenant is now lifted. So now you can go back like we're able to do and look at that story of Cain and Abel and be able to spiritually understand. Do you see what Yah was saying when you can now see it's more than just, oh, it's just a two children and one of them went bad and one of them listened to God. One didn't. It's saying, do you see, because I had this picture in my mind that think about what, what happened. So the sin nature is in the heart. Sin is crouching at your door. It, it's in your, your lower conscience. Circumcision of the heart, the written code, which is the power of sin is taken out of the heart and put in the body of flesh. Now the flesh is under your control because now you have control. Like you just said, you have control now because you're not in the flesh, you're in the spirit. So you're controlling the body of flesh now 
which before was the opposite. The flesh was controlling you because it was lined up with all those things. But now, and just made me think that Yah is giving revelation on this so you can understand it once you have the veil lifted that do you see even back at the beginning we have a picture that god's looking at him and the only place that you're capable to be righteous right now is in your mind you can't do it in your heart so the place where righteousness can be is the mind and that's why with abraham and noah they were a preacher of righteousness because in their mind they were steadfast in mind to do what was right, that's the only place you could be righteous was in the mind. You couldn't be in the heart yet, and Yah knows that. So that's why Yah is will give forgiveness of sins because of your mindset, because that's the place you can be righteous at that point. You can't be righteous in heart, and Yah knows that. So they're not expecting you to do it perfectly because you're not capable. So you're a lawbreaker, but they have mercy because they see that you're doing everything that you can do to do what is right and you'll be accepted. Your acceptance is forgiveness of sins. And then once you obey my son, your acceptance is removal of sins and your trust is your acceptance by my beloved. And then you, what came to mind was a scripture where it says, let us live up to what we have already attained, meaning circumcision of the heart. Now, uh, obtaining would be when we have the perfected body, we have the fullness of being saved, like you said, but let's live up to circumcision of the heart that what we have that let's continue to put to death the misdeeds of the body. Let's continue to not be get rid of all anger and malice and all these other things. Rest, have a confidence in this faith. Because think about this, Phil, because we've had this. Where's the rest in this? Well, I accepted Jesus, but let me just recommit again because I just want to make totally sure. And two years later, well, I know I accept it, but I just, something isn't right. So let me just recommit again. Well, that's not rest. That's you're trying to work it out. So you don't know for sure. And the gospel, the, the truth of God, the only way we're going to find rest, and you even mentioned this before, and in Hebrews, it actually says that as the spirit says, so this is mother, I have sworn in my anger they shall never enter my rest. So that's coming from mother herself saying this disobedient generation, if they, because they disobeyed, never enter my rest. And Yah doesn't change like toss back forth in, in the waves. They don't change their, they don't change. So this aspect, this is just another aspect of information that's been given, like you said, through interpretation. And we're able to have the revelation on it because what we're speaking of has been given to us by God. It hasn't been given to us by man. So those that are listening, this just gives opportunity for you to go to the word of God and look up these things and talk to Yah about it. And Yah will show you the same things that they're showing us, that what a great aspect to be able to talk about the psychology of the mind, the brainwashing and mind control, the cognitive dissonance, the disassociation alters, well, because all of that, the more we get that from a godly perspective, it just gives us more and more rest because our lower conscience and our upper conscience are lining up more and more with the truth of God, which gives more peace, which gives more rest. So what Yah is helping us to do is that you can get a place where you enter the rest, where you can you have the capability to rest. Just because you enter the rest doesn't mean that God just puts rest on you and you do nothing. No, it's you have the opportunity to be self-controlled 
you do the work. We're giving you the opportunity to do the work, but you do the work. You can have the same rest that we have, and you can be just like this. You start in the first covenant, just like Adam and Eve. What we, we were a part of that fall. You find your place to the fullness of faith, circumcision of the heart. Spiritually, we can now go back to the first covenant, and we can go back and we can put ourselves in a pre-fall Adam and Eve state where we walk with God in the cool of the day and walking in obedience to God. So what I find fascinating is you start in the first covenant, you transfer to the new, then you're able to be transformed back to the spirit of the first covenant in the garden with God, with the tree of life, walking in agreement with them, no sin, where you walk with them in the cool of the day. So I just see it as a beautiful picture that once you, the the order of God has to be there because you cannot start on the renewed covenant side because you're not going to understand it because you didn't walk through the first. But once you walk through the first, you get to the second, which is the renewed, then you can see that it's all about the first covenant. It's all about obedience to God. It's all about walking with them in spirit and in truth, but it must be in that order. And God is a God of order. So you must follow the order. And like we've talked about with the gospel message, you can't skip around. You've got to seek God with all of your heart and just let God guide you through the journey. <clears throat> we can tell you what these things look like, but God is the best one to guide you through it. And some of the things that you were talking about uh, were aspects of if if you're sitting there and, well, I accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, but I know I'm, I'm sinning and I'm not supposed to sin. And, well, look at who's being favored. And if you're thinking the opposite, thinking, well, but this isn't right. Okay. Now you're thinking on a right journey because you're thinking about what favors God and not what favors you. So that will bring help bring you to a brokenness. Unfortunately, a lot of times this is what Christianity does. They try to bring people to a broken state, but then they don't give them the reality of what they need in order to be able to carry out the truth to make the changes necessary in their life. And it's because they're listening to translation and not revelation. We really, in faith, our life is about making it about God, not about myself. And if I have to suffer to make it right about God, then so be it. No, nobody... I would say actually enjoys suffering, but it's a part of life. Everybody has suffering to some degree, but to be able to suffer for it being all about God, that's what my life is for. And yeah, there's a process in the midst of it because we have the stuff in the lower conscience, but once we dig it up and we get rid of it, then we have a little more rest. 
And so this is a, uh, when you enter the rest, you still have to work out to find more and more rest. It's just like when we repent to God, we walk in repentance, which is a continual direction of following. When we walk in obedience, it's a continual, we will always obey. And But we have to have situations and struggles come up in order for us to be tested in, okay, this is a struggle, and you're going to have an opportunity to respond either from a godly perspective or from a selfish perspective. What are you going to choose? And these are uh, things that people need to know if they're going to seek with all of their heart is that it's all about God, and it should be all about God. And we have circumcision of the heart. We become a part of God, but we're not doing it for ourselves. We're doing it for the, the community of the kingdom of God so that I'm going to treat people fair. I'm going to do what is right, fair, and just. I'm going to love mercy, or uh, act justly, and walk humbly before God because it's about them. And so let's make it about God and stop making it about us and how I can feel good and how because I don't want to feel good in this life if I've got to surrender my eternal feeling good and burn eternal. And I, I know for me in this faith journey that I've had that I have such a great peace and rest now and it continues to grow and increase as I continue to grow and increase in the faith. And it's all because of just following the journey and getting to the point of circumcision of the heart, but you still have things that you will do, but it won't be work to you. It was like I asked Josh the one time about, you know, you go to sheets it's, and that's where you work and, and that's work, right? Yes. Well, when you go rock climbing, is that work? No. Well, you're doing just, you're exerting yourself just as much or even more, but it's not work to you. Why? Because you have a comfort, you have a peace, you have a, this is something I really enjoy doing. So if we set our hearts and our minds to enjoy everything, then even in the suffering, even when somebody's mistreating you, I'm going to enjoy the fact that I don't have to defend myself, that God's going to take care of it. And I promise you, there's truly a great rest. And then you add the aspect of not having sin, not having to be under the written code anymore to where you you know uh, consciously with a clear conscience that you don't sin. You can't get a better peace and a better rest than that. And that's what Messiah was taught. Another aspect of what Messiah was talking about or what the word said, when the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. And that is true. But too many people are claiming a freedom while they're walking around in chains and they're begging God to take away their chains, but they're not putting forth the effort necessary to get rid of those chains themselves. Because, well, God will do it. You know, change my heart, oh Lord. Make it just like yours. And God says, can't do it. If you want to, if you want your heart changed, 
You have to change it. We'll give you the information, the knowledge, the tools. We will give you everything you need. But you must be the one to change your heart, to change your actions, to change the things that you do in order to prove yourself to God. And you you do that for them. There's nothing they won't do for you because you're going to be in a place that everything you want has to do with the will of God and they will have no problem giving you what you want because you want their will. And if you ask in accordance with their will, they will give it to you. That That's what the word of God says. So it's great a great place to be in circumcision of the heart, but it's a journey. I mean, I, I spent probably the better part of 17 years from the time that I was really figuring out, you know, before I, I, before I met you, I was saying things. And so it took some time for me to finally get to this point of having circumcision of the heart, but it's worth the wait. And again, we have the ability to tell people what it looks like where we didn't have people telling us what it looked like. We had to go through it. And then at the end of it, we had to go back and reverse engineer it. And mother showing us, do you see this? Do you see this? Do you see? Yes. Okay. Now we have that knowledge so that we have the ability to tell people what it looks like, but they have to make the choice that they want to have that rest. They have to make the choice that they're willing to do whatever it takes to get that rest. And if they are, all they got to do is seek God with all of their heart and continue to do that in a circular fashion. You will never have to worry about anything. You won't have to have the concern. We worry ourselves. We weigh ourselves down with the what ifs and the, the what fors and who did this and who did that instead of just like it was said when uh, Michael, uh, the archangel Michael was disputing over the body of Moses. He didn't bring a slanderous accusation against the enemy. The Lord rebuke you. That should be our mindset in the process is, and even more so, If you're going to be rebuked, let the Lord do it. But I desire compassion and mercy. So my hope is, is that you won't, you'll repent and you won't have to endure whatever God would bring your way. But that's not in my hands to do. And if I take it in my hands, God says, okay, it's done. You, 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 you did it, but God knows how to do it better than us. And so. It's really important that people find a place of rest in God, in faith, resting from sin, resting from the labor the, of the, uh, the body at times, resting from mental uh, aspects. Because look at the condition, uh, the mental condition of the world today. It's not to be funny, but... It's insane because look around. People get set off by the slightest little thing. Now, 
I get it. You know why? We just went through a couple years of uh, people driving other people to do things with fear. And fear will take your mental stability and shake it something, something fierce. Don't let it do that. Find that rest where you don't have to have fear. There were diseases in the past. There's going to be more in the future. There's going to be earthquakes and famines and all kinds of things. What do I have to worry about? If I starve to death because of a famine, I can tell you it won't be I won't be starving from the word of God. I may starve from physical food, but I always have the word of God. And it's a beautiful thing to have. And that's what gives you the rest. When you have mother in your heart, being the one to guide you and direct you and give you the information, give you the revelation that shows the favor towards God, it will also be favor towards you because you, in circumcision of the heart, you have the fullness of deity bodily form, you become a part of God. Therefore, it has to favor you. But if it doesn't favor God, it is not of God. It, it, it's a must that if it's of God, it will favor God. And if you are in God, you will be favored. What better place can you have than to be favored by the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? The one that has the power to raise the dead is the one in us. So they have the power to raise somebody from death to life. What can mankind do to us in any way that they can't take the knowledge and wisdom we have? They can't take our soul. They can't take our salvation that's awaiting. So like the word says, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can anything be done to the one that cannot die? I mean, that's just encouragement because the word says that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Messiah Yeshua. Nothing. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't you don't abandon the salvation, which you separate yourself from God, but with God that there is no enemy. The enemy's not gonna be able to separate us from the strong tower, anything like that. This is just another one of those aspects that there's so many false teachings about it, false followers about it, that about the Sabbath, just another thing that it, as you have you may have noticed, Phil, that it goes around and circles around to the brainwashing and mind control, the cognitive dissonance, that psychology of the mind, it all goes around to it. it. It It's all in a very intricate, just like a spider web, all the detail, all the different branches. So with this rest, find the place, as the word says, find the place to be in the rest of God. Do not fall short of the grace of God to where you don't have the circumcision of the heart. Seek God with all your heart. Go after it. Put what you think you know on the shelf. Put everything into it and go after it. And you will find the truth of God. And when you enter that rest, you'll have you'll know what circumcision of the heart is because you'll experience it and you'll know it. And you'll have that boldness to be able to go before God, just like the word says that we have boldness to go to the throne of grace for help in our time of need because sin has been taken away and that we have that face-to-face -face relationship with God. So 
Phil, this is a good, good discussion. We'll go ahead and end it for this evening. If there's anything you'd like to add or anything like that, just encourage those out there that, uh, listening in that if you haven't made your mind today is the day of salvation, make a decision to seek God with all your heart. You won't regret it. You stay on that path. You'll find the fullness of faith and you'll be able to understand the truth of God just as Yah has allowed us to understand. And, um, just as a reminder that we do have a podcast on Saturday mornings at 6 a.m. Eastern, as well as Tuesday night at 7.30. Hidden Treasures Revealed at AOL.com is the uh, email. On Facebook, Hidden Treasures Revealed, we'll have posts from time to time, and you could always you know, check out the podcast on different mediums. So for me and Phil, everybody have a good evening, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Revealed. We want to leave you with this thought. The greatest treasure in life, and especially in faith, is discovery. If we try to convince you of things, you may gain head knowledge, but if we let you discover things, you will have heart knowledge to know and understand and be able to give a good answer for the faith that you have. Treasure hunters seek treasure non-stop. Seek the treasure of God through conversation with them and through their word. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Seek the hidden treasure of God, and you will be blessed by it.